It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. It is Tuesday afternoon here in East Rutherford. We'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football and NFL football with you. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Howard Cross. We have Jeff Fiegels also on today's program. And our phone number is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. And find an archive of this show later on in our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Well, I've got the two Super Bowl champs with me on today's program, and the Giants certainly at some point would like to get back there. John Mara and Dave Gettleman had a press conference uh, just within the last 45 minutes to discuss the state of the team uh, with the media. And basically, uh, to no one's surprise, they're not putting any specific numbers on how many games the Giants have to win to deem this season a success. Rather, they're simply talking about the process, the system, um, they pretty much both agree that the team has to win more games than it did last season, <laughs> but nobody is putting any mandate on a playoff appearance. Again, just wanting to see progress. If you're asking me just see progress, I think that uh, it's very hard for people uh, on the outside world to, to look at football the way I look at football. If you don't have your starters in preseason games playing, you – it's hard to gauge what you're doing. I understand what Coach Judge is doing. Coach Judge is trying to evaluate players to get his team together. But as far as the fans go and people on the outside looking in, they don't care about that. All they care about is victories, preseason victories, victories in in, in drafts, <laughs> victories in, in free agency, victories in, in the playoffs. So they can't see – the. I understand the process and everything, but I don't think people on the outside do. And I think it's very funny when people get so worked up about it. Uh it, it'll be it, it, back in the day, and I keep saying back in the day, I sound like a thousand year old guy, but back in the day, Jeff can attest to this. No one would let you get on the field, even in a preseason game, because we were afraid that the guy behind us was going to get a job. <laughs> so nowadays, it's like, we don't want anybody to get hurt. We got to make sure they're going to be okay. We got to take care of them, which is kind of a uh, what, what term would that be? where you're trying to make sure that people are going to be okay playing football before they actually have to play football. Um, Silly? Cautious is the word you – I would call it more silly Mm. because if you're doing a preseason game, it's football. If you're doing a regular season game, I think it's still football. Still 60 minutes. Yeah, and I think think the whole fantasy football world has driven the football football world a little crazy. I'd play everybody. I'd get my reps in. I'd get everybody ready to go, but – that that will be my way of looking at it or my way of doing it. Jeff, one of the things that Dave Gettleman said when he was asked specifically about, well, you know, what did you see on Saturday and what do you think about the progress of this team during training camp, he reiterated what Joe Judge had said. The Giants played a ton of their backups. They played it as if it was their fourth preseason game. And all of us know, if you've been watching any football for the last decade or so, the fourth preseason game is full of a lot of guys who probably won't make the team. They're guys who are undergoing evaluation. And it's ridiculous to think that you know anything about what the starting unit is going to be on both sides of the ball when you didn't really see a whole lot of them. Well, what's what's funny about the, the talking about the fourth preseason game and the and the alike of the first one this year <laughs> is that the first preseason game is the first preseason game. And by the way, it's not the fourth one because the first one you got to figure out everything. There's all new players. There's new coaches. There's a lot of different things that you have to goes into the first preseason game. And and Howard, you know this, uh, how we come out on the field, how we line up for pre for pregame warmups, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So that's the newness of the first preseason game. But treating it like the fourth preseason game, there's a lot of you know similarities to that game that they played Saturday night, knowing that. When all three of us sit down here, we probably can come up with 48 of the 53 guys immediately. <laughs> and so they're really the fourth preseason game, hence the first preseason game, is about five or six players. And the other part about it is it's a lot of it is just to get some of the, the veterans who got in the game 
just a little bit of a transition. Come out of the tunnel, go to pregame, go back in, sweat it, get the sweat going a little bit, then cool off, come back on the field, play a couple series, and then you're done, put your hat on, and, you know, eat a hot dog. You can't do that anymore. Guys used to eat hot dogs on the sideline. Me and Howard <laughs> did, right? <laughs> you can't do that anymore. But my point is, is this – it is important to the guys, and we knew going into the game after hearing Coach Judge tell us in that production meeting, mm-hmm. is that these are the guys you guys need to look at. And there was about a handful of them, right? And those guys went out there and played, and, and some of them did good. I mean, you go back there and look at uh, Matt Cole, was the one a guy that he mentioned yep. that we didn't know much about. He made some good plays. Um, and some other guys that we can go down the list and see. So that's the difference, guys. Even though it's the first, treated like the fourth, there is some similarities to it, but it is still the first preseason game. And now jumping into this week and the following week with these joint practices, I think the Giants coaching staff and the scouting department and the organization are going to get so much, so much work out of these next two weeks that that's really when the roster is going to kind of take take place and kind of mold itself. But I think there's one thing there that we all have to look at. We got to be, we got to practice, and we got to practice good, and we got to practice carefully. That's the big thing. Carefully. Well, Dave Gettleman <laughs> did say yeah. that he believes that there'll be a lot more movement after the second preseason game, Makes and sense. he also said he believes he'll have some more concrete decisions on some of the roster spots after the week of practice in Cleveland and the game against the Browns. Now, the Giants had to make some moves today. Uh, they released a running back Alfred Morris and safety Chris Milton and placed cornerback uh, Jaron Williams on injured reserve with a quad injury. Now, that gets them down to 85, which is the max they had to have by 4 o'clock. Uh, they will be able to get down to uh, 80 after the Browns game. So five more bodies are going to have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, after this week, and then the final cut, as we all know, on August 31st, goes all the way down to 53. But but Dave was very emphatic in saying that they they like the offensive linemen that they have now, the starting five. They only had four of the starters play the other night because Lemieux was being rested, still coming off the knee injury. Mm-hmm. And that um, they're on the lookout. He, he did admit they are on the lookout for potential offensive linemen picks up, pickups but insisting that there will be probably more available in terms of quality and quantity next week. I think it, I think a lot of this is, is based upon uh, the need to know, not need to know, the, the, the veracity of, of information that people are asking for constantly uh, from everything from beat writers to like the NFL Network, the ESPN guys standing all standing outside the post asking, what are you going to do? 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 And having to come up with an answer you know, day in and day out when the reality of it is that you're trying to make your team better. Uh, that's not a long enough answer for anyone when you when you answer that way, but that's really the, 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 the nuts and bolts of it. I think that, you know, if you can get all five guys healthy enough to play, then you start to see them. That's what I meant by, you know, having guys play during preseason. Uh, the first game being the fourth game is really in the fourth game. You got, you know, like Jeff said, five or six guys that are trying to make the team, and the coach is like, hey, look, here is your opportunity. I'm going to give you some special plays. I'm going to give you some um, real offense, live offense, live defense. Show me what you got. This is your last, you know, this is your your opportunity. And, and unfortunately, guys have to, like, move on. Uh, this next week, uh, you'll have live practices uh, in Cleveland. Um, not really live practices, but practices against other, another team in Cleveland. That will give you an opportunity to, you know, to evaluate some guys. But it will also give you an opportunity to get your starters more reps together. Against well, other guys, which is important. Let me just I, – I got on the offensive line. So, let on a timeline, when we talk about the next three weeks, okay, we've got the joint practices this week, the joint practices next week, and then you got the two weeks before the regular season starts. So, this is probably at the juncture now where you could probably – you can bring in guys now and they can pick up a system, if you will, in, in four weeks. So, I think you still have a little bit of time. The problem is that I would show – throw caution to the wind a little bit is that there's going to be some movement amongst the league in the next week or so after that second preseason game. But let's all, let's all just be smart about this. The guys that are going to be getting released are getting released for a reason. Okay. So they're not still on a team. So let's not think that they're, you know, they're going to, they're coming in here to be the starters of this football team. This is a depth issue. And I feel like you still have time to develop some of these guys. And when I mean develop, I mean get them indoctrinated to the system that the Giants are running so that they'll have enough of an idea if they had to fill in if somebody got hurt, they'll be okay. Now, the other thing is, too, is the expanded, again, the the practice squad where you can have veterans on that practice squad. And we know about the the movement of the offensive line on game Mm -hmm. day. 
So there's a lot of things here that I think this is important to look at going forward with the offensive line and how many guys they're going to go out and get or how many of the guys are just not happy with it or the backups on the team now. Well, Jeff, to your point about the offensive line, John Mara was a little more specific than Dave Gettleman was. He said he felt good about the five starters and he felt good about two of the backups. He would not name the backups. I would assume Harrison and Solder would be the two backups that he feels the best about. Although Harrison hasn't had to do a lot during training camp because, again, he's also coming off of a bit of a gimpy situation. So he's been rather limited. But he's got a lot of uh, experience in this league at guard and at center. And I think they probably feel pretty solid with him as a swing guy on the inside. And I know they feel good about Solder as the third tackle. I mean, let's face it, Joe Judge has just been singing Solder's praises ever since training camp started mm. about how well he's doing refreshed after having the opt-out season. So I would assume those are the two reserves they're talking about. But we all know the Giants will keep probably nine, maybe ten offensive linemen on the 53. Uh, probably nine, I would think. It, but ten is not out of the question. They usually have five guys, one guy that can play tackle one guy can, and, and one guy that plays guard and, and center. Uh, as the two backups, uh, if if another guy goes down, then they start to get stressed. Maybe they they have eight traveling, but then that kind of breaks into your special teams and stuff. That's that's usually the process. As far as uh, picking up guys and Jeff saying that there may not be a guy that's coming in to be a starter, there'll be guys that will be let go that were starters or they don't they don't they they lost a competition to mm -hmm. a younger player that is a cheaper player mm -hmm. and that's going to be those those will be the guys that business decisions out right well now. those will be the guys that you're looking for and that's hoping right. that'll be out there and that you know you're not always going to get get those guys because those guys get gobbled well, up you're not quickly. because they have to go through waivers so yeah. you may not be you may have a chance to get one of those guys that's well true. the older guys don't jeff that that's the thing they, they get they get to be free well, agents I get, I get that but if there's a younger guy that they're kind of oh you younger know, guys no for, younger yeah, guys so, under yeah. under under four years have to go through waivers so, older guys yeah. are just free agents so and it, we know that these that you know the organization has every one of these guys you know scouted and ranked and no have you ever been into into kenny Stein, uh cernfeld's office and look on his wall it's it's a it's you marvel at what's going on there. It's like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, our phone incredible. number here, folks. We want you to participate in today's program. Uh, 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513 here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Jeff, we need to tap into your expertise. Although I I know it's been a while since you've played. You can call it. That. But the Giants did make a deal <laughs> yesterday. And it seems to me it has special teams all oh, over it. Absolutely. When cornerback Keon Crossan arrived in a trade with the Houston Texans, they deal a 2023 sixth-round draft choice to pick up this backup defensive back who played his rookie season in New England in 2018 when Joe Judge was one of the assistants in New England. And Dave Gettleman said himself that he drew great grades, very high grades from Joe Judge. Judge obviously recommending that they go get him. Uh, and so the deal has been made. Gettleman also, by the way, saying he's not anxious to trade any 2022 draft choices. He has 10 of those. Mm -hmm. Did not want to deal them. So he dealt a 2023 six-rounder to pick up Crossan. Gettleman said it's a bonus, you know, that, that he's got uh, uh, some cornerback snaps in his background. But the idea here for Crossan is that he is a special teams demon who was being brought in last year. He had 12 total tackles on special teams, which was tied for sixth most in the National Football League. Oh, hey, listen, we all understand that they're, you know, this kind of, you, you don't know if Nate Ebner is going to be back. Um, he's obviously their special teams demon from the past, uh, up in New England and last year until, um, you know, and he also could play different positions. Uh, Keon Crawford is a guy that, I think that is well known with Joe Judge. That's, in, by the way, period. That's all you have to understand. Okay, yep. the guy coached him. Well, he trusted him. him, and he knows him. And and by the way, he understands that the positions that he can play. We call it the core four. He will be on those. Um, I don't know if he has any returning experience. I don't think he does. Um, but the fact is, is that when I look at the game last uh, Saturday night, I saw some guys playing special teams that haven't played positions before. And so it's interesting to me that the, that Joe Judge and, and McGahee and Tom Quinn are, are trying these guys out at different positions. Um, you know, you got guys running down. Cam Brown is running down as a gunner. 
<laughs> on the punt team, which yep. is fine with me because he's got the size, he's a tackler, um, he's aggressive, and he's got some speed. So, you know, it's important that the other guys on the roster understand what just happened. Keon Crofton was brought in here to play special teams, so that means it's just going to be even harder for some of these back-end roster guys to make the team because I have a feeling that Keon Crofton's probably going to make the team now if they brought him in like this because they traded him for a draft pick. Well, yeah, they got capital invested in him. They're not going to cut the guy. Well, yep. uh, well, beyond him making the team, I think when he comes in, he comes in with the attitude, okay, I know who Joe Judge is. Mm-hmm. I, I worked for him before. I know his mentality. I, you know, I flourished in his system before. Now I get to you know, work at him as, as a head coach, work with him as a head coach, and guys are going to see that. So if you're a back-end guy and you're like, I hope I make it, and this guy shows up, you're like, okay, i got to step it up because now if I was a second or third consideration, now I'm third or fourth consideration. Yep. i got to figure out how to get myself and and, quickly. <laughs> and and watch and see what he's doing. Like, okay, if yep. this guy's doing this, then I need to do this. It's, it's going to be – it's going to you know, raise the level of some of these special teams guys that are, or some of these lower-tier guys that are trying to make the team. Well, well, he is, was, uh, is, he a, is he a slot corner outside? What does he play? No, you know what? I haven't looked at any of his defensive tapes, okay. so I don't know. What I can tell you is this. When he was at Western Carolina, he was a track star. Uh, that's from the uh, Southern Conference, and he was a speed sprinter. Uh, in, in track. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously he has some athleticism. There's no question about that. Uh, and speed is a big component of special teams. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, going, getting down to cover, getting down to cover, especially the Gunners, it, it really helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. And also defending the Gunners. Yeah. You know, so, and a cornerback is a natural position at that, as we can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so if you have some good speed, because by the way, you know, speed, there's, there's linear speed, there's all kinds of different speed levels. And we know this, <laughs> Howard. There's guys that, you know, there's, in this game, you get beat every single day. But the guys that are quick and fast and, and have that acceleration can get back into position. You know, and Keon Crawford might be one of those guys that has that kind of a speed that if he does get beat, he can get back in and still make a play. He's got that makeup speed. Did yeah, not have, makeup speed. That's the, that's the word yeah. I was looking at, makeup speed. Yep. He, he does not have any return experience okay. in the NFL. Uh, yeah, that much I've been able to check. Speed, so. <laughs> I could barely run on the field. <laughs> let's, let's, that's how fast I was. <laughs> let's just say, Jeff, if you had to make a tackle on specials, that's a problem. Uh, don't rely. No, that means they couldn't ran, rely. It means me. they ran right at him. Hey, listen, the, the bet, you know who my best friend was? The sideline. That's my best friend. <laughs> exactly. To just get him to the sideline and force just push him, him out of bounds. Yeah, that's it. I don't have to make a tackle that way, even though I got it credit for the tackle to force him out of bounds. <laughs> 201-939-4513, our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Paul Dottino with Super Bowl champions Jeff Fiegels and Howard Cross. Again, taking your calls uh, for another 45 minutes or so. And we will go to line one. It's Joe from Pennsylvania. You're on Joe the program. Paul. Hello. There he is. Hi, Joe. Hello, Joe. Hey, hi, uh, hi guys. Uh, I was just speaking to special teamer here. To me, it means... Uh, who was the guy receiving punts and kicks? Their receiver there for us here this past game. What's his name? Well, they had C.J. Oh, Board, Board handling it. And quite frankly, Jeff and I have had a lot of conversations about that receiver spot. And C.J. Board is the one guy who plays all the special teams in that wide receivers room, and that's going to give him a little bit of a nose ahead of everybody else. Yeah, he also well, got a 20-yard 20 20 yard return la- uh, Saturday night, which I really like. Yeah, I I just sort of think they want to keep the, that big receiver we have there. What's his what's the David other guy? Sills. Sills, right. I just sort of think, you, you know, uh, with uh, the guy we got from Detroit banged up and that, they, they like him, and I think uh, that's what it means. It, I think it's more trouble for uh, – uh, board or whatever his name is i'm forgetting joe how many receivers you think they're going to keep i think six six okay six this is a long season and these guys get banged up Mm -hmm. so that that's what i mean it's going to be 17 and you know our our receivers have a history history there uh i'm so bad on names number three there uh shepherd uh, you know what i mean he he he's always questionable, you know what I mean. Um, now we, we he got did play guys. a whole season last year. Yeah, I give him I give him credit, but still, you know what I mean. One bang in the head, and no, I know, it, it, I know. You he, know what he, I mean. There's a big question, so I I think they're going to have to keep six 
and I think they're going to keep uh, Phil's there. I would definitely, you know what I mean, uh, because <laughs> 17 games, come on, we, we, we need that extra receiver there for sure, you know. Uh, well, me, Joe, just remember, because of the 16-member practice squad, you could probably stash two, three, four of those guys on there if you wanted to. Well, and, you always have, and you'll always have the opportunity to bring two guys well, up every Sunday, too. Well, I'll with tell that you practice right squad now, Paul. Move that you have. Start, when we start practicing with New England and that, they're going to see Sills, and Belichick will squall him up quick. <laughs> <laughs> be and he'll be gone. You know, you just like the tight end he did a few years ago on us. You know what Jake I mean? Jake Ballard? He's, yeah, you ain't going to hide nobody from them in Cleveland. Now, maybe Cleveland, maybe we'll see somebody because they have a lot of uh, 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 players there on the team. Maybe we'll be able to get somebody there, but you ain't going to hide nothing from him. He'll be gone for sure. So, uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, Joe. You know, the only other thing I want to say I mentioned yesterday, I, I says I'm concerned about our uh, backup uh, uh, Quarterback and our and uh, uh, Booker we got for uh, a running back that really and truly they they weren't upgrades to me so far it's early but you know what I mean I, for the money we spent on Booker you know what I mean I would have liked to spend that money on the guy we left go on bad on names uh, uh, Wayne uh, Goldman like, yes. yes you know what I mean like maybe I'll be wrong here. But you know what I mean. I I would have. Uh, uh, hopefully, he's going to show me more. He just looked uh, slow. I hate to say that. I'm not saying he don't know know <laughs> nothing. But the guy from Washington, we we have there uh, in the backfield looks like he can be his, just the same thing. You know, we're not spending the big bucks. There. Well, Alfred so Morris it, got cut today, Joe. Well, he did. Okay. I'm sorry to say. I, I hope they, uh, Booker shows us something more because we're going to need him in there, too. All you, right. You, you, All you, right. You know, and the same with our backup quarterback. You know, a lot of these teams have uh, of quarterbacks, you know. Uh, is Daniel going to make 17 games, you know, and is he a, a, an upgrade from McCoy? You know, that, that stuff concerns me. And uh, you know that's all I have to say. But that's what what I've seen in the, in the preseason. Game. All right, Joe. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the phone number. Uh, he did mention backup quarterback, and I should mm. get your take, Howard, and yours, Jeff. Um, the Giants were in a bit of a bind. Uh, Clayton Thorson the other night mm-hmm. suffered a concussion late in the game. Yes, had to come out. He's now been waived, injured. And Brian Lewerke, the former Michigan State quarterback who had had a cup of coffee stopping in on the Patriots, is now uh, the Giants' number three quarterback. Now, we all know Jones is the starter, and it's clear Mike Glennon is the backup. The third quarterback on this team is nothing more than a placeholder and a developmental guy. Mm-hmm. But Lewerke is, is a guy that they've decided to bring in. They had to bring somebody in. I mean, if, they, if, they, if, if at this stage in the game, you know, you have two quarterbacks on your roster probably during the season. If you're lucky, you'll have three. Uh, but the third one has to be like – almost, like you said, developmental, or somebody that you know you can give some reps to. Uh, the first-team guy runs all the first-team plays during practice, All gets ready for the game. The second-team guy usually runs scout and gets ready. The third-team guy in training camp is probably a third or fourth safety when everybody's kind of beat up. So that's that's what you're kind of going through. But in, in training camp, because of the way that they're, that they're especially handling these preseason games, you need two, sometimes three, Sometimes four uh, quarterbacks on your team just to make sure you have enough guys to get reps. And it gets as they cut down the team, you know, to eighty-five and then to fifty-three, you lose that extra quarterback. Well, you also remember uh, Clayton Thornton spent all year on the practice squad last year, so Brian Lewerke could be that, that candidate to go there and do the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of numbers, as you mentioned, um, Howard. It's just you know that's, this whole roster is about numbers. It's all about when that last preseason game is over and the final cuts come and you're looking at the training room and seeing who's in there. 
That's what's going to happen here. It's all about numbers in each position. You might have a wrath of injuries at some certain position where, you know, you're going to need to steal Rob Peter to pay Paul, if you will. Yep. So it's just, you know, it's hard to make these decisions right now. But to your point, Howard, you got to have a third team backup quarterback <laughs> right now because Daniel Jones is not going to play all these games. So He's not play um, almost and either is Mike Glennon. He's no. not going to play the whole time either. So you got to have somebody in there. And you got to have a guy that's in there, that, you know, unfortunately that, that has a little more command of, of what's going on so he can try to encourage the guys to, to sure. keep him going because you know it, w- it was no fault of his own that he, that he got a concussion it's just that things start to break down and when you when you're holding the ball when he got hit that last play he held the ball a little too long and he got squashed yeah if you hold and it too long you're, you're down in it you're down in the end zone you know you gotta get rid of the ball don't just throw it away get rid of it and he held it a little too long unfortunately for him uh and you're in there with, with guys that are backups so you, you might get hit and he got hit hard I think the most important thing you want from that number three quarterback is a guy who's smart, intelligent, and isn't going to screw things up. Because if you ever need to get that far on the depth chart, which you really don't want, you just want a guy who knows what he's doing. It's not about his physical skills as much as his poise and and his leadership. Because the other thing, too, Howard, he will at times – you know, run the scout team yeah, but, at times. But, so but, you wanted to be smart to know what to do. Yeah, but but if, if you get to a point where you have three guys on, on your on your roster, your starters, your starter, God forbid something happens to them, and then, then that's when you start to worry about the third guy. The third guy practices and goes through – well, not really practices, but he goes through all the meetings that the other two guys go through. He understands all the plays. He's just not physically doing it. He's taking all the reps mentally. Well, so, that's you know, why he's got to be smarter rather than physically gifted. <laughs> well, I don't know about smarter, but he needs to be—he needs to be, you know, plugged in mentally so he's on the same page. And then when it's time to play, that's when all the nerves come out, and that's when you find out, you know, what kind of person he's going to wind up being. We're all in trouble if we get down to the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not because I'm not playing, so I'm good. <laughs> well, just, we just we, what just I mean by all of us, we're gonna—we're yeah. gonna, gonna have to talk about it. We're, it's not gonna be fun. Exactly. Just remember the years uh, gone by when the Giants had Sims, Rutledge, and Hostetler. And then, of course, had Sims, Hostetler, and Matt Cavanaugh. Yeah. Those days don't exist anymore. Now you can't go three deep and think that that third guy is actually going to get it done. It's just very thin pickings. <laughs> Limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available. Or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. We go back to the phones and on line two, it is Charlie from Portland. Hello, Charlie. Chuckles. Hey, gentlemen. What an honor. Howard, hey. Jeff, and Paul. How are we doing? How are we doing? <laughs> How are you, Charlie? I'm doing good. Hey, look, um, I just got to talk about this old line a little bit. Look, we've got do. a, uh, there's, there, <laughs> there's a starting center out there who actually won a Super Bowl. Austin Ritter. He's available. You know, that's the kind of guy we need to bring in. Charlie, hold on. Charlie, Before Charlie, you go Keith, any further, let me, let me no, ask, let me hold on. Ask, oh, it's Austin Reeder, by the way. Go ahead. Let me, let me, okay. ask, let me ask Charlie something. Did you, when you watched yeah. the preseason game, you were, like, going, like, you didn't have to start in five, and so you're already changing the thing. You're starting to change them up. Look, when you you got to upgrade. He's a better center than Gates is. Gates was bottom half of the league last year as a center. He looked pretty good in the game the other night. <laughs> he looked great. Uh, he, he, I mean, I mean, that's all right. I don't, I don't mean any well, harm, but he, he, looked, he looked really good in the game the other night. Flat-backing guys and blowing guys off the ball, even good in pass protection. So I'm confused why you're going after the guy that probably looked the best in the, in the front five. Well, because he can, he can play guard. And also, I, I'm just saying, you bring somebody in, this other guy can play guard too, the Super Bowl center. He can play guard, too. He's played guard. All I'm saying okay. is don't get cow chips. Don't bring in cow chips. We don't need cow chips. We need good players who are going to push the other guy. And Charlie, I Charlie, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm just, I just want to make you aware of one thing. Not everything you read in the papers is either accurate nor complete. How do you know that Reader did not visit the team? 
How do you know what his demands? He, dem- he did how- this as a team. Okay. Oh, and how do you know that what his demands are? And how do you know if he passed the physical or not? How do you know those things? Are you upstairs in the offices what? here? Do you no, know no, all those details? No, that's, that's not fair, Paul. Here's a better question. No, qu- but I mean, he, I know, but here's a better you know, qu- he's demanding wait, answers Wait, wait, wait. Here's a better question. I know, <laughs> I, I know he's demanding them on the team. Why is he a free agent? Why? Because he, they didn't want to pay him, and they and Kansas City probably had a guy that was cheaper for a center. And I, and, or did they get somebody? No, from, no. Howard's question <laughs> is why is he still on the street and all these other teams yeah, that supposedly need no, no, no. But other teams need linemen too. No, no, no. Other teams need linemen too. And nobody you're, else assigned him. You're yelling at me, right? You're yelling at me because I asked you because you had yeah. the bright idea of bringing somebody on and signing him. I'm like, why is he on the street? And you're like, you always say that. I'm like, well, I'm not saying that. I'm just asking a question. Like, I played 13. Right. Well, I played, I you, listen, I hold you, on, hold on. a lot of good players I, I play who are 13. on the street and get picked up by a team, and they ball out, and they play really well. I played 13. There's many reasons why someone's I on played the street. 13 it's seasons because, with the same team. Yeah. Right? I don't think I was that great of a player, but 13 seasons, invaluable when I yes, played. Yes, you were. And then when I, when I was trying to retire, they're like, you know, if you play, if you got your knee fixed, you could play three more years. I'm like, man, I'm trying to crawl around with my babies. <laughs> like, so it's, 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 when I say this to you, I'm saying this to you as politely as possible. When people go out on the street, they go out on the street for a lot of different reasons, whether you think it's money or what they're reporting that it's money and demands. But if you're not playing in a place, if you love to play, you make concessions to get onto the field to play. Now, if you're asking the guy to come here, there were guys that came here, I believe, this year who retired, mm-hmm. right? They didn't retire because yeah. they were done. They retired because maybe the system didn't fit them or the mentality didn't fit them or the demands didn't fit uh, them because they're, they're uh, old. Running laps didn't fit them. Well, oh, come on, Charlie. <laughs> listen, listen, but they're, you can laugh if you want to, but older guys. I can remember one time we yeah, had a fight in training camp. I won't call the coach's name, but he stopped practice, made us do up-downs, made us run up-downs again and run. And then he started practice. Sounds like he, No, that, that was Dan Reeves. Oh, Dan, I shouldn't have okay. said that about Dan. But he, <laughs> well, he, he was old school. He literally almost killed us. And like, okay, you yeah. think anybody yeah. fought after that? It's just that's, no, that's like, just part of it. But you, the way we look at things now, you have a lot of information. You get you you can check the internet. You can check you know their sites. There's everything, mm-hmm. and you get mm-hmm. this information, and they don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm here a lot, and I don't know. We watched a play the well, other night that went me. wrong, and someone said to me, what happened there, Howard? I'm like, dude, do not put me on the air asking me what happened there. I don't know what happened. I'm looking right <laughs> at it. <laughs> so you, 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 don't, you don't know. But what let me ask Charlie, you a no, no, before Howard. you go any further, uh, Charlie, <laughs> right. it's important yeah, that you yeah, recognize yeah. one thing, and this is extremely important, okay? <laughs> Dave Gettleman, mm-hmm. who is the architect of this roster right now, made it very clear to yeah. the media a couple of hours ago that he is on the lookout for more offensive line help. Everybody it is, is on his radar. A lot of teams feel exactly the same way. So here's what I want you to understand. Dave Gettleman is yep. not ignoring your calls to check out other <laughs> offensive linemen. He's not ignoring that. He is, he is looking. And by the way, he did bring in some veteran offensive linemen who have yep. experience, who were supposed to help the depth. And as Howard said... Fulton retired. Harrison's been gimpy right. during camp, and Looney retired. And and now your guy, by the way, one of your superheroes, Kyle Murphy from Rhode Island, is now injured and can't help. I know. So so right. uh, so please understand that, okay? <laughs> no, I do understand that, Paul. What I do, what, what I'm trying to say is, let's not bring in cow chips. That's all I'm saying. Let's bring in quality veterans. And if you have to pay some money, you pay it. Because this offensive line is the most important unit on our team. And if you want to see Daniel Jones progress and not regress, this guy needs a good offensive line to execute. He isn't a guy who can run around and with a bad offensive line and be good. He can't. So to me is you've got to bring in good quality veteran players. Charlie, That's the, all I'm saying. And the one thing we will all agree on, it does start in the trenches – and the offensive line is going to have to perform. 
they're going to have to do it. No matter who the names are, they're going to have to do the job up front because that's where it starts. We can all agree on that, and we'll talk to you again another yep. time soon. Thank you, Charlie. Okay. Bye, Charlie. See you guys. Take Bye, care. Charlie. Jeff, did you want to add something to what our wonderful friend just said? No, you guys all covered it. <laughs> I, th- I think to add the last thing is like he was like, you know, it all starts up front, the offensive line. I believe uh, the best quarterback in the league last year lost the Super Bowl because both of his tackles were hurt. So it's not like we're, we're the only team looking for linemen. And they got to the Super Bowl before their guys went down. But I, I don't think that – Kansas City's old line got eaten for lunch in that Super Bowl. Yeah, but, you know, but both they're both backup tackles. But, yes. was, but they're just part of the game. I mean, like I think the guys, like especially Nick Gates, had a really good game the other night. I was, I was very happy with watching him. I'm like, okay, we got some progress there, so it looks good. Brian Baldinger from NFL Network, who had played in this league for a lot of years as an offensive lineman, told me last week that the thing he really loves about Gates, besides the fact that he's very smart, mm-hmm. is that he has a very angry mentality when he plays. He said he plays a lot like a defensive lineman because he's incredibly aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he said that's what you want from that spot. Well, I saw him knocking guys off the ball, and, and like after the play was on, I'm like, okay, I see you there, big fella. Go ahead and get him. <laughs> so it, that was exciting to watch. Back to the phones at 201-939-4513. We go to line one. Manny in Charlotte, North Carolina. You're next on the show. Hello. Hi, Manny. Hey. How's it going? I hope you guys are doing well. You too. I am uh, I'm calling out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm originally from Brooklyn, so I'm, I'm, I'm through and through. Giants fan, long-time listener of you guys. Thanks for sending um, Kemba Walker up to the Giants. <laughs> uh, the, the Knicks, by the way. <laughs> Big Kemba Walker uh, fan. Love him. I'm a New York guy. Uh, I will say I'm not the hugest Kimber Walker fan, but oh. I think he does. Add, I think he does add value. Yes, he does. <laughs> Go ahead, Manny. But uh, uh, I did want to ask you guys a, a, a few questions. Just gain an opinion. Um, I'm not exactly sure why or what happened to cause us to let Colt McCoy walk and um, decide to go with these other guys, uh, Glennon and Thorsten. I know we just uh, cut Thorsten at. Uh, for the QB3, but um, why wouldn't we keep Colt McCoy as the QB2? I mean, I think he did some really good things last year when we needed him to. Um, he wasn't exactly, you know, Pat Mahomes coming off the bench, but I think he did some things well enough to play the backup quarterback position for us. And just curious to why we would have let him walk. Well, I'll, I'll answer. I, I think that, you know, again, like Paul was trying to allude to, we don't know what's going on in the offices behind the scenes. Cole McCoy might have gotten more money to go somewhere else. He was a free agent. So, you know, we don't know. Um, he obviously would have been a quality backup, but I, I have a feeling that he just you know, had a better opportunity to go somewhere he wanted to go. Um, so we don't know how, how things work up in the offices. So that's probably one of the things. And, and I think that once that was uh, decided, the Giants said, okay, who's, what's our, our next best opportunity and that was me mike glennon a guy who's been in the league has had starts in the league you know lots of experience obviously a smart guy um but you know it's it's interesting because that backup position quarterbacks has become somewhat of a you got to be really got to have somebody that's going to be able to take you through the regular season you know because of the injuries and the way they these these quarterbacks get out of the pocket and run um and even staying in the pocket and getting hurt so you got to have a quality guy i think it's a great question i don't think any of us have the answer it, it, it's probably, Jeff, one of the things you said or, you know, his agent probably is like, sure, let's look for a better opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and, and when it comes down to guys, especially guys, the important position that holds a clipboard, you want the longest contract you can get. And, and if, if the Giants were offering a two-year or, or, you know, even more money, but if somebody's offering three years, that, that's just more money. Mm-hmm. That's more time in the league. And there's some guys that have been backup quarterbacks for – 12 years and they they figured out how to do it so trying to keep you know a guy like colt uh, although a very quality guy if he had a better offer somewhere there's no need for him to hang out here i mean if i'm gonna hold a clipboard i could hold it somewhere where i can make more money and 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 have some longevity (laughs) i'll give you three potential reasons two of which are facts and one is throwing mud on the wall facts are Glennon is younger and has started more games in this league than McCoy, and so consequently has won more games, but he clearly has a much stronger arm than, than McCoy. There's no question. How, McCoy, much, how much younger is he? A couple of years, a few okay. years younger. Right. But, but, but the arm factor, there's no question that Glennon throws a much longer and stronger and uh, deep ball than McCoy. McCoy's got a, a Chad Pennington kind of arm, and uh, Glennon 
can really let it go. So if they're at all interested in keeping that as part of their game, that could have been one reason that would differentiate the two. The, the other thing that's kind of mud against the wall, well, let me ask you a question. With the way the Cardinals use Kyler Murray and how, how often he touches the ball and keeps the ball and runs, there's probably a better chance that he's going to get hurt than Daniel Jones. Even though Jones has been nicked up a little bit in his first two seasons, Kyler Murray's like a running back. He's constantly getting injured. Now, if I'm an agent and I'm advising my backup quarterback, where can I send you that you have a better chance to maybe get into the lineup? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to roll the dice that Kyler Murray's got a better chance of getting hurt, knocked out of a game than Daniel Jones does. That could have been another reason, but that's mud against the wall. I, I, well, you Lots know, of and that coach probably will be familiar with him from being from the, that conference. But it, it, I think it's still, you know, working you, working you uh, get the longer contract and get more money. And, and, if, and if Glennon is a couple years younger, that means his contract is a couple years younger well, also. Well, I'm sure so both of them got one-year deals, yeah, to yeah, be honest It's just cheaper. But anyway. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead, Manny. Okay, I, I, I appreciate that. That was a good one. Um, one you. other question is just um, – with uh, after this last preseason game, um, surprisingly or not, Will Hernandez graded out pretty well as a pass blocker. Um, I think it was like seventy-five point something on PFF, and I'm not huge on PFF, but um, good for you. It was it was just surprising <laughs> to see, considering majority of his struggles have been in pass pro. Um, I mean, our whole line has been pretty decent run blocking, but pass blocking has been our weakness. And seeing Will Hernandez grade out pretty well, I think it's not being talked about. At all, honestly, I haven't heard him much talking about it, but I think it shows a good sign of um, the faith that DG and Joe Judge has had in our O-line so far. Um, I just want to know, what do you guys think about it? Uh, you guys watched the game. I watched it. I don't have any all 22 or anything, so I just watched what I could. And uh, he didn't look bad. He didn't look bad in the snaps that he had. I think he had 15 snaps, and I think it went pretty well for him. Um, yeah. Are you guys optimistic? in the progression of this O-line, like, like Judge and, and Dave Gettleman are saying? Yeah, I'm optimistic. But, you know, I, I take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, the early the early games, Jeff and and, and, and anybody could tell you, uh, even Paul could tell you, like, it's very vanilla. There are no blitzes. Sure. There are very few blitzes. There's very few anything. Uh, both coaches kind of talk on the side, like, hey, here's what we're trying to get through. The next game, especially practicing against the other team, the coaches will say, okay, so we're going to start bringing these two blitzes, blah, 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 just to get the guys like, okay, so what, we need to see more of this. And they will they will scheme out against each other what they need to see and try to get more work at it so, they're, so their players, right. each team can get it. And by the third preseason game, and I don't know how they're going to play and who's going to be on the field and who's not, but with all that break they have between the third preseason game and the first game, Maybe a lot more of the starters play. Well, Judge has indicated he'll play his starters for the first half against New England. Yeah, so so if that's the case, then you'll see you, by the by the third preseason game, you'll start to see how these guys are starting to gel and how they are picking up some of the blitzes because you know the the coach in Cleveland will, will do whatever ask for him by Coach Judge, and Coach Judge will ask will do the same thing for him. They'll try to give these guys things and scenarios they need to work on to be ready for what's coming up next. And then they'll play their games. So, you know, I think this first game, great game. Like I said, Gates looked good in the game. Hernandez looks good in the game. But it, it's just – it's a little vanilla. Let's get a little bit more I information think. and let's let's get out of this. I'm, I'm happy for them both. But, you know, let's – it takes a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, so a half glass, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So, I'm – Try not to get too overly optimistic. Uh, uh, but, uh, I'm, 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 I'm the eternal optimist. If there's something in the glass, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Manny. Appreciate the call. Stay well. I understand. Well, I'll take myself offline. I just want to say one other thing, you guys. Uh, cut Lance some slack, man. Lance does good work, and I love reading his stuff in the cover threes and things on the app as well. We can't cut Lance but a little slack, though. <laughs> well, because everything about him is little. He's a little guy. Just a little piece. <laughs> Thank you. Be well, Manny. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. We go back to the phone lines, and I believe line three was next, and that would be Mike from Brooklyn. Mike, you're next on the show. Hello. Brooklyn. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very good. well. How are you? All right. Uh, Paul, I really um... – I like the podcast with Baldinger that you did. Uh, nice piece of work there. Thank you. It's always good to talk to Baldy. He's a fun dude. 
Yeah, he, he gives a, a point of view that you don't get from many others. Charlie never ceases to amaze me. And uh, again, today, he didn't disappoint. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I consider myself a you know, pretty knowledgeable fan, but I would never, ever put myself near the same level of a talent evaluator or know how a, a specific player fits the needs of our roster as our scouts, personnel, staff, and or coaches. Well, Mike, Charlie, um, Charlie is so wild about his evaluations, I really suspect, okay, that he would take Will Beatty over Roosevelt Brown uh, at tackle. <laughs> I, I really believe that. The way he talks, you, you, you kind of get that feeling. <laughs> oh, he, 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 is, you know, he, is sold. he is sold on the players that he likes. And uh, I got a kick the, the other day when I was listening to um, – uh, Pop, Bob, Bob Papa, uh, he was uh, calling um, Rice and John, who was Charlie's adopted son, I believe. <laughs> he, was, he, he was calling him John Ryson. Join and the club. I, said, I hope Charlie's hearing this because it, it, it would annoy the hell out of him, and I think I would enjoy it. Uh, being in the same room when he was when that was going on. Oh, <laughs> when he was Mike, to be fair to John Charlie, we, we all have hits and misses. It happens. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right. So to get past Charlie, you know, um, a point I was thinking about when you guys were discussing the the, the, the cutting of uh, uh, Alfred Morris, which I know you, you you have high regards for, and so do I. He 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 was in and and does have, in my opinion, does have some some tread on the tires uh, still. But I think it says volumes about the importance that this staff places on special teams not putting down Alfred Morris and his special teams, uh, what, he, what he offers or doesn't offer on special teams. But I think it gives Corey Clement and our, our sixth-round pick, Gary Brightwell, more of a chance to make the roster. And, and he still has chances to stick, you know, on our practice squad if he makes it through waivers. So um, I, I like, you know, I... I, I like the guy, like I said, but I think it's uh, I think it's it's it that that move in itself says says a lot. And also to you know to piggyback off that, the pickup of the uh, DB you guys are talking about that we just picked up um, that has that Joe Judge has personal experience with on special teams highlights this point because I don't see, do, do you guys see him? We're so deep at DB. Um, and he is a d- defensive back, am I correct? Yes, he's a corner, but Crossan was clearly brought here for special teams. There's no question correct. about that. Yeah, yeah, and I think there are, you know, we, there are a few players that um, are, are specifically special teams players. I think um, one thing that shocked me initially, um, uh, Cody was it Cody Core? Yeah. Um, he he was a hell of a special teams player. For the Giants, you know, a year or two, and he was a. Um, I, I could have swore Joe Judge would have, you know, would have kept him on the on the team, and he was a cut in no, uh, Achilles last tendon. Year. Hold on, that's an Achilles tendon injury. That's why. That's why he's oh, not here it? anymore. Oh yeah, he tore yeah, his Achilles. Why would he get rid of him? He's not here, but I didn't know it was an injury. No. Oh yeah, he he, he tore oh. his Achilles, he tore his Achilles uh, during practice. Oh my goodness! That must have been last August. Yep. That was early. Sure, sure. It was oh, before the season God. started. Yeah, because he 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 had it. He was, you know, I know he was wide receiver, and he, you know, he 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 made some nice catches for us. But he was a special teams maven, and he was uh, he was a good one. But that I, I didn't I didn't know that. Thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate it. Um, anyhow, um, I just wanted to, but uh, you know, throw that by you guys. Um, Jeff, I was watching an old 2013 game, and uh, it was uh, we were playing the Raiders. I think we started that season off 0-6, and, and then we came back and won uh, five out of the next six, and we were playing the Raiders, and we beat them. But they, you remember their, their punter, Marquette King? Mm-hmm. That man, a I mean, he, oh, he, he reminded me a lot of Reggie Roby. Um, sure. In that sense, because I mean, he put that ball up there. I think he had a 70-yard punt, 60-yard punt, 
and the hang time was amazing on the, on the, on this guy's kicks, and uh, he had one, <laughs> I think uh, he had one um, there that uh, it rolled down. I think it, it like kicked it from the 25 of his own team. I think it rolled down to there, the Giants, like five, a four or five yard line. But I was saying Jeff would have Jeff would have appreciated that one because one I'm thing always, I didn't appreciate you know, was how many <laughs> how many uh, personal fouls that he got. Do you know that? <laughs> he no, got a lot no. of flags he, for like he got a lot of flags for like taunting and yeah, and doing things that. after his kicks. It's like, dude, okay, oh really? The kick was good enough. That get off the field and shut up and just you know. <laughs> but he had a lot of talent. No longer in the league, but a you lot know, of talent. He got a lot from punters, you know. Yeah, well, he was. A, I'll tell you what, the guy I saw, I saw him kick uh, in the Giant Stadium, obviously, and I went out in pregame, and he 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 was a bomber. Man, he could hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Yeah. All right, guys. I Thanks appreciate your time, and I appreciate Howard and Jeff. I appreciate your uh, your careers. You know how much I I like special teams, and Howard, you're a hell of a hell of a player for us. Thank you for that, and you're Paul, welcome, thank guys. you for your 38 years with the team. Appreciate the time and the phone call. Thank Thanks you so much. Take care. Hey guys, uh, let me ask you about specials for just a second. Now, I remember the Philadelphia Eagles, who had a really good special teams unit for the better part of a decade. It was not uncommon for them to literally keep three or four guys on the bottom of the roster who they never wanted to play a snap other than special teams. They valued it so much, and that was one of the reasons why they were so high in the special teams rankings every year. Now, that's a luxury to be able to give three or four roster spots to guys who are almost exclusively specials, but that's what they did because they put such an emphasis on it. I'm almost getting the feeling that Joe Judge might want to try to do the same thing. For example, now they picked up Crossan. During the offseason, they signed Cohen Gillespie, uh, Gillespie, the fullback from the Texans, who now they've got the two premier Texans special teams guys on this roster. Now, Cullen is a fullback. We don't know if the Giants are going to keep a fullback, but if they wind up keeping both of those guys, we're talking about a special teams emphasis, clearly, where I don't think either one of those guys is probably going to play many snaps from scrimmage, if at all, this year. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I tell you, like I said before, I, I think that it's just all about opportunity and how you're building your roster. And not every team would have the opportunity to bring in the two guys that you mentioned. So, And, you know, I think that when you look at their positions, um, again, you don't know if they're going to keep a fullback, but if they don't, it's okay. The guy can still play fullback, so if you need him a little bit, right? But he's going to be here because of that. And then the other thing is is that, you know, from the cornerback position, you know, Creon, is it Crawfin or Crawfim with an M or an N? Crossin, you mean, the guy they just brought in. Yeah, Crawfin. Okay. Cross, go Crossin with an S. Craw, spell it. Like me, Crossin. 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 Okay, anyways, uh, my point is that the guy can play a different position. Okay, so if you do, and there's always injuries, you know that, especially mm-hmm. at the cornerback position. So, But my point to you from the beginning is that not every team has the opportunity to have two guys like that. The Giants have put an emphasis on it, and they've went out and got these two guys. So I think it's it's great, and it just does, it goes to show you that you know that Joe Judge, because of who he is, is going to – that's his kind of feather in his cap. Well, it matters to him. Yeah, and he's the head coach. He can He has a lot of say in it. There's a lot of coaches, and we know this, Howard, that don't really give a you know what about the special teams. They're just mm-hmm. listen, you, you know, it's part of the game. But we're you know, we'll uh, my starters are not playing, so you're going to get these guys, and that's the way it's going to be. And you know, sometimes you lose games because of it, but you know, a lot of guys just don't care. Well, um, it, you know, to to jump, to piggyback on what you're saying, it, it's it's really an embarrassment of riches when you have enough players where you can afford to have two special teams. It's guys. a luxury. It really yeah, is. So, so basically yeah. I, I played my entire career and I think I was playing in my 13th season. I was still on special teams playing you know, some punt teams, some punt return, uh, definitely kickoff return. Um, but I, I think that, you know, I played with like guys like with Armstead and, and Carl Banks who sure. played on special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, LT you, did you, too. LT. Yeah. Like we, like, uh, Hosteller was even blocked the blocked the kick one <laughs> yeah, time. So, so you know, and and as we had those teams with all those guys, we had a guy like a Renee Thompson that his job was mm-hmm. to play special teams. And when we had to put him in a game at cornerback, it was like, okay, he, he's good, <laughs> okay, but he ain't gonna cover anybody. But if you ask him to you know go down as a gunner or or stop a guy from going down or be the remember John Flynn, yeah, Tom another Flynn. guy. So there, there were guys through my career. 
who were quote unquote special teamers, but they were maybe one or two guys. Mm-hmm. And that's 13 seasons that I watched. And plus, after that, uh, the years past, watching to see where guys are spe- specifically special teamers. Unfortunately, the way rosters are made now, you need everybody to be contributing all over the field. And if you can contribute to special teams, that makes you more valuable. If you can, if you're only a special teamer, it's kind of like you being only a receiver, but they have a starting four. It better be pretty good. <laughs> you better be the very, <laughs> you better be the best fifth receiver on the planet. That's right. So that's 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 what we're looking at today. So like I said, the luxury is is having one or two guys that are strictly special teamers. In hopes that they, if something goes wrong, they can play in the game. Well, another guy who does some special team stuff is Damian Willis, the wide receiver who mm-hmm. caught a touchdown pass the yeah. other night against the Absolutely. Jets. That probably didn't hurt his cause. No, it helped him a lot. I mean, when I think of special teams, I think of uh, uh, Zach Diossi. Sure. You know, the guys that came in as a Mark Herzlick. Yeah, Mark Herzlick. Guys that come in and they can play, but they wind up, you know, being a lone snapper in, in, in Zach's case and just being a cover guy in Herzlick's face. But. You don't. You just don't get to see it that often. All right, we go back to the phone calls. Uh, Angelo is in Dallas. I'm sorry, but you are next up on BBKL. Wow! wow. <laughs> Hi, Angelo. Uh, it's fun though um, being in Dallas and being a New York Giants fan. But the recent Super Bowls we've had, so it's it's all good. A <laughs> uh, couple questions for you. Um, in regards to the offensive line, I know last year Judge was um, doing a lot of switching in game of the offensive line. Um, couple questions. Do you think that that will continue this year? And uh, I never heard of an offensive lineman like Sean O'Hara's, you know, everybody else, um, the Howards. Um, you know, the continuity is what they always, you know, talk about, right? Continuity. Everybody, you know, being on, on one one step. But, and, I, and I'm sure you can probably gain that, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the, if they continue doing it. But to have that in-game, getting the flow, in a, you know, setting up your, your, your steps, I guess, and your steps, isn't isn't that kind of counterintuitive to have the different linemen in game versus the same five, if possible, to stay in the game? Now, again, I, I'm saying this because, as an outsider looking in, even though I'm here at, as a Giants uh, uh, reporter and, and doing a lot of analyst stuff with them, I'm still an outsider. I'm not in the meetings. I'm not in any of the things. I will speak from the ideal old school. We want continuity. We want the same five guys to start the season, end the season. We want to go through the Super Bowl with those five guys. New school theory, uh, I've watched college games where they rotate the linemen from side to side. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. just to – so it, it, it's – and to be able to be so flexible that you can do that, add something to the game uh, that, that maybe people hadn't thought about. Uh, if you have a game where you're really running the ball and you're really pounding and you're really getting after it, and all of a sudden you can rotate guys in to keep them fresh, kind of like they rotate defensive linemen in to keep them fresh coming against you, it might be something that's coming in the league that we've never thought about and never considered. And, again, uh, this this league that I look at today is changing every every year. And, like, the Joe Judge rotating offensive linemen, whether it be necessity or planned, was something I'm like, wow, interesting. And it did, And it didn't really kill them. It seemed like it helped him out a lot, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with it this year. Angelo, I would say this. I do expect if the Giants are satisfied with their starting five, those starting five are going to go all 17 games if they're healthy, and I don't think he's going to do a rotation this year. I just don't. I think last year some of it was out of necessity mm-hmm. because they didn't really believe 100% that the five starters they had were so great that they couldn't remove them. And I think the other thing was they were really, really eager to get some experience for guys like Pert and Lemieux. And, and I think that in, in their minds, and I think they're probably right, those guys are better off now to make that next step because they played some snaps yeah, last year. I snaps. agree. It was a I, unique I situation. I, I it really was. I, well, look, again, I agree, but I would not put it past him or any other coaching staff if they have guys that can play. And they're like, okay, let's keep rotating them in. Let's get some rest. Then guys will play harder if they think they're going to get pulled out. I don't think they're deep enough now that they've got that ability, though. Uh, Again, don't know. (laughs) I agree with that. Do 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 you all think uh, Matt Pert or Soldier would take the right tackle spot? Pert. Jeff? Pert. I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming Pert. uh, (laughs) And I'm assuming Pert because he's younger. And now that he's you know up and running, I think they might want to stay with him. 
But if Solder just keeps being what he, you know, the consummate pro that I've seen him being these last few weeks, he could easily work himself back into that position. I mean, I, I would think okay. that Parrot, Parrot is the guy you would want to win the position because of his future. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a guy who's supposed to be here for a long time and hold it down. But I do think that Howard's right, that he's going to be on a short leash. Because if he doesn't get it done, I believe that Joe Judge believes in Solder. You, you, want, the, you want the best, you want the, like I said, now I'm going against what I just said, but you want the best five. But if you have to rotate them, it's possible. I, I think Solder goes, can go left side, right side. He could do both of them. So, you know, it's, he's a luxury to have. But if coaches rotating them and trying to get things in, like I said, I, Paul is saying is he believes the five will be the five. We could have six. <laughs> so it, it could be very Thank interesting. You. And the last very question is sorry, just mm-hmm. real quick, it's very interesting on the flip card this last weekend against the Jets. They had they had Nate Solder as the backup left tackle. On the I don't know who puts mm-hmm. these things together, but left tackle and right tackle, right? Uh see, yeah, the P, the PR staff puts that together. Oh, I see. They okay. put the flip card together. Yeah. That's not an indication of the you coach's are feelings. Howard, he's both. Yeah. Sure. He's the third tackle, the he's swing tackle. He's like the utility infield. At least going into the, into, into the season right now, the thinking is right. he would be the third tackle. But anyway, Angelo, real quick, no, I want to get to one more phone call. La- here's, here's, no problem. Last question is, like, take it offline. Uh, who do y'all, how many receivers do you think the Giants will keep? And what, who are the top, if you pick seven or eight, what receivers do you think those will be? And all right, thanks, offline. Angelo. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate the call. All right, well, we all know who the first four receivers are. We know that uh, Slayton and Shepard uh, and Galladay – you know, right, right up, right up top, and Tony. And, t- and Tony. We know those guys. Okay, it gets a little sticky when you start talking about five, six, and then who is seven and eight because they'll be practice squad guys. That's where it, it starts to get a little hairy. I like to look. I like to work backwards. Who I know, I don't think is going to make it, mm-hmm. and then kind of then it yeah, trial. You know what I'm saying? Like eliminate some of these people. Well, the uh, veterans with the most resume are Ross and Pettis. Yeah, yeah, and. I don't want to answer this until next week because I think next week is going to give us a little bit more of an indication. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that most of these guys are still going to be around because um, they're going to, you know, whether it's on the active roster or on the practice squad, because, guys, we all know that the positions where these guys run a lot, there's injuries. And so it's going to happen. There's not going to be the cornerback position and the wide receiver position who put on the most miles every single day <laughs> cannot hold up for 17 weeks. Playing. So these guys are going to be moving up and down the roster. So I think the, I look try to work backwards. Like which which one of these guys will I think is does, has the has the hardest time making the team. Okay, so that's where I like to start, and I'm even having a hard time with that right now because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're all about the same. And I'm just waiting. I mean, David Sills didn't do anything to not help himself the other night. I thought C.J. Bohr did a heck of a job and an opportunity that was given to him by Coach Judge telling us that he's going to return kicks, and he did the whole game. He did a nice job, had some good returns, and he was smart with the football. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to see John Ross. Um, I mean, is it Damian Willis? Is a, another guy who was a special teams guy who caught a touchdown pass. Matt Cole made a great play on a ball inside the 20-yard line the other sure. night. So there's a lot of really good guys. I mean, Alex Bachman was in the game. I didn't see him do much. But, um, you know, so I don't know that answer yet. I, I'm going to hold my answer for another week or so. Howard, any thoughts? I don't know anything. <laughs> it's hard, right? I mean, it I really like is. Well, it is. And, and you, you know, four. a guy you didn't even mention <laughs> was a guy I really liked coming out of camp last year was Austin Mack. But right now, I don't see how he figures into the equation. There are too many guys. It's tough. And I feel bad because Matt can play some specials, and he blocks really well for the run. He's a very physical guy who runs good routes, has good hands, and he's tough. But I just don't know that he's got that he's got enough room to squeeze onto this roster. Well, yeah. the one thing you need to know is, like, who's going to be healthy <laughs> week one? Yep. Mm-hmm. That, that, will determine, oh, yeah, that, will, that will determine most of everything, if not – I don't even know how to explain it, but you, you kind of need to know who's going to be healthy week one. They'll weed themselves out. Yeah, because if, if everyone's healthy, then you kind of have a better idea. If we're still, like, trying to figure out if this hamstring or this quad or mm-hmm. this, you know, calf is whatever it is, then we know we got some more work to do. We have time for one more call. It's Keith from South Jersey. We've got about 90 seconds. Keith, let it roll. Hello, Keith. You're hey, there. how you guys doing? Good. Very well. Good. Um, just a quick question. Um if everything goes correct with the offense, 
you know, Daniel Jones progresses as he's supposed to. The offensive line does. The wide receivers, everybody stays healthy. Do you think it's bold to assume that they could be a higher caliber offense than uh, Dallas would be? If everything, if everything works out and everybody's healthy, could they be a higher? If if both teams are totally healthy, if both teams yeah. max out, in other words, that's what we're saying. Yeah, I, I see. I see Dallas being a little bit better. I, I think would their agree. offensive line is probably if they if they all come back healthy and they've got at their wide receiver position matchup wise, I think that they're probably a little bit better with the guys that they have. Um, certainly, the running back position you can probably you know if Saquon is back week one and you compare them to those two guys, I, I think they're very very good. Um, so I, I would give I would I would probably give the nod to Dallas in that question. Small me. edge to Dallas, but on defense, the Giants have a huge edge. The Giants are the most he, balanced team I, in the I division, he, and they he, should finish higher than Dallas. Yes, yes, about the offense, though. So I, 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 I think I think the offense. If you look at it, I think the edge goes to if if, and it's a big if. If the Dallas offensive line is going to be healthy, they'll they'll you know they'll they'll play better offensively. But uh, you know with with you know guys with neck injuries they're coming off of and all these other weird injuries, I don't know. You and know. the quarterback position. I mean, obviously, Dak Prescott, in my opinion, is above Daniel Jones. Yeah. Well, oh. I, I think we lost Keith Jeff. Is, Keith is gone. I don't know if Jeff – I think <laughs> Jeff is still there. Keith might be gone. Uh, and, and let's not forget, Prescott is coming off a serious injury, and he's already had some shoulder issues now. Well, the shoulder injury that he has, they're talking about, is something related kind of like to a baseball injury. So they got to kind of quiet him down to uh, to get it going. So, he, like, he's on the pitch count. I'm, you know, I'm hoping that – I'm hoping I'm hoping for a hope like for him that he comes out of it okay because you know you know this terrible injury brother passing away and all this other stuff sure I, I, you know you pull for the kid but I don't know that shoulder thing is kind of weird. All right, folks. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, we will be back tomorrow again as we always are tomorrow's time, eleven o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, one hour show. 201-939-4513. Hit us up on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. For Howard Cross and Jeff Eagles, uh, this has been fun. We are part of the Giants Podcast Network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you next time. See you soon.